Hello and welcome to your mindful hour. I'm your host, Melissa Marks. My guest today is Brenton Harris with Clean Sweepers DFW. A former meditation teacher turned entrepreneur, Brenton is now bringing mindfulness into the world of construction cleanup. I learned so much from Brenton about the intersection of mindfulness, purpose, trust, and yes, the reverence for cleaning. Brenton shares where the idea of cleaning and mindfulness started for him. He talks about the stillness in movement, the repetitive motion of a mop moving across a floor. And then some more challenging moments like navigating through burnout, doubt, and ultimately reinvention. And plus, we eat some really good hummus together. So stick around for that too. Hey, Brenton. Welcome to the podcast today. How's it going? It's going wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I am really, really excited to talk with you. We know each other from being meditation teachers together for a short part of our collective journeys, I guess you could say. And I have not talked to you in a really, really long time. So this is a great opportunity for me to catch up with you and also learn a whole bunch about you because I feel like I know the bullet points or just the super high level things about you. So I could not be happier to have you on the show. Oh, likewise. I feel like I could say the same. Okay. Well, why don't you kick us off by telling us about you, Brenton? Okay. I'll give you Cliff Notes version. Okay. Um, So I know we're mainly talking about mindfulness. Um, And it's so interesting because the brief time that we interacted together um, was kind of a pause on my mindfulness teaching. Um, But about 10 years ago, I started studying mindfulness um, and practicing it when I graduated college. And, you know, as a kid, I got to spend a lot of time outside. And I, the more I thought about it, the more that influenced my desire for a more mindful way of living and a more quiet, you know, still inner experience. But when I graduated from college, um, I went to Texas A&M, I got a biology degree. I was going to be a rich and famous doctor and then realized that I wanted nothing to do with medicine. (laughs) Mm. Like I guess most people uh, end up doing with a degree these days. But I jumped into a sales job and was so unhappy and so dissatisfied. And then I found a a small organization um, that was really, I guess a lot of people are familiar with Landmark and Mm -hmm. where Landmark is more of a, you know, driven to business professionals and it's a very intense, shorter time period. Uh, The School of Metaphysics was like a slow burn. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are different levels and different... um, um, milestones in the course of study, but I was in it for over uh, over eight years, almost nine years. 
And that's where I really dove into self-work and self-development and mindfulness, both as a student and then as a teacher and as a counselor, um, was the, the backbone of that. And that's when, I mean, I learned to meditate for the first time. I learned about using everything from writing and dream work to uh, um, learning how to connect with people, learning how to teach, learning how to be in a space of vulnerability. And all of that kind of culminated in a love for this thing that we call mindfulness or mindful mm. living. Mm. And it led me to, you know, where you and I ended up together. And it's so funny because when I talk to people about my background, I, you know, I studied mindfulness for almost a decade and I've taught it for eight or nine years. And the first question is always, well, why don't you do that right now? And uh, uh, it's because part of the meditation practice is that, I, I mean, I just, I got burned out a little bit. Hmm. And it's so funny to think about getting, uh, becoming overwhelmed teaching meditation or mindfulness but it's just like anything else. If you end up out of balance, uh, you need to kind of adjust. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's taken me on a slightly different course. And now I just started a, a commercial and construction cleaning business. And so while it's not quite <laughs> teaching sit-down meditation like when you and I met, um, it's been an, a neat unfolding to the next part of it. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that was my initial intrigue about bringing you on the show because you have had such a unique path that mm -hmm. I think on first glance, that is the question someone would ask you. Like, here you've been putting all this time and energy into being a meditation teacher and now you're the owner of a construction cleanup company. It's, yeah. it's, such, a, it's such an interesting <laughs> turn, but I know that there are both some similarities there, some differences there, and I really am curious to learn more about that. But before we go into that, I think what you just said was really, really important about burning out mm -hmm. and seeking balance. So anybody, I think, regardless of what they're doing, whether it's a meditation teacher, a yoga teacher, someone in the health and wellness space, these are people like everybody else and we can get off balance and especially when you're a giver you know and you, do you Absolutely. Think it was, was, was it kind of that Brenton that like you you were giving too much but weren't kind of coming back into self-care replenishing or absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely I'm the oldest of uh, five kiddos in my family so I have that oldest child stigma, you know, that, oh, it's my job to make sure everybody's okay. And mm -hmm. it's funny to see how those kind of things just carry forward. And mm -hmm. I think that in the, the you know, quote unquote, self-help field, you know, is, I mean, that's definitely an evolving field nowadays, but it's, it's kind of a challenge to be in a place where if you're centered in your heart and you're giving to people and the, the perspective that comes from that, that as challenging as, you know, my current experiences might be, there are some people that are going through some amazingly challenging things and just moving forward and breathing with it. And it's that idea that, wow, if they can do it, then, then I need to keep going and these people need me. And that, mm. that can quickly tip the other direction. And then all of a sudden, you know, fast forward two, three, five, ten 10 years, 
And it's that place of, wow, I have forgotten to give to myself. Mm. And, you know, I mean, the, the meditation practice, whether it's walking or sitting meditation or just a mindful breathing throughout the day, it's all part of, the, uh, of that replenishing. But I think what was missing for me was the intentionality behind it, the willingness to, to admit and honor that space is important, that my own desires and needs are important, and that it's a sacred thing to put myself first, mm. if you will. Um, I once learned a term sacred selfishness, and mm. it being that, that bigger sense of self rather than that, that small little ego Brenton that's a equal, well, what about me? And what about what I want? You know, but it being about a bigger thing, like if the greatest thing I think I can do is completely align with a sense of duty and purpose and peace. And if, you know, if I can do that, then my capacity to help other people is tremendously amplified. Well, if you had to, this time being um, something that you could go back into that space, that time, and I, and I get that like that was a teacher for you and it had to be exactly that way. But sure. how could you see yourself doing it differently? Ooh, what a great question. You know, it's so interesting. I think I would go back to the, the pre-mindfulness and metaphysics days. Um, and I honestly would not have even gone to college. Huh. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, it's so interesting because I've always considered myself kind of a jack of all trades. Mm-hmm. Um, that the flip side of that is the master of none or master <laughs> of you. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, I think I would have replaced that with not only some mindfulness because I mean, I wouldn't be where I am now without all of that work. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the you know, the desires that I have and the ability to move myself into some really uncomfortable places and be okay with it or breathe through it Mm. um, without some of those experiences. I certainly wouldn't have had the wherewithal and the the follow through to start this business. But I think that I I would have had more authority going back to, to just be okay with saying, actually, I need some time for me. And whether that time was you know, going and taking a two week trip somewhere to just get some space or to realize that I didn't need to work a 50 hour a week job as a project manager for a publication company and direct a nonprofit school for the same amount of time at the same time. You know, it's like, oh, I was in my 20s, I was invincible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I look back and I think, well, Maybe you weren't quite so invincible. You could have relaxed a little bit, Brett, and that would have been okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the message that you're bringing out, which is sometimes people do think, oh, it's selfish to do this whole self-care thing, but it really, you really serve in yourself and everybody when we can remember this. But I, I hear you. It's sometimes extremely challenging to do it in the moment. You brought up the new business. Let's take a turn and talk about what you're doing now and how how it relates, like how it's similar to meditation and mindfulness and how it's different for you. Sure. And I don't mean to give the impression that uh, I'm a burnt out meditation teacher. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know that's not. You had a moment. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I am very grateful for um, what I have experienced and, and what I have to look forward to and particularly what's going on now. So back in, um, 
when I used to teach uh, mindfulness and self-development, there was a practice that we had that we called karma yoga. That was kind of a spinoff of an older um, Hindu or Sanskrit practice. Uh, karma meaning action and yoga meaning union. And so the idea was to uh, move into a space where you are giving service in the simplest ways, often cleaning, cleaning your physical space and becoming so present during the act of cleaning that you became one with everything around you. And mm. there's a temple in India, I believe it's called Amritsar Temple, and it's made almost entirely of gold. And every single day, the monks that inhabit there not only feed through a practice uh, called Longar, they feed thousands and thousands of people uh, meals. They feed them every single day and they keep the temple immaculate, mm. just immaculate, beautiful. And mm. it's, it's their practice of mindfulness. And it always spoke to me, um, the, mm. the fixing, not, the, not necessarily only the fixing, but the beautification and the, the cleanliness of a space, I think is so integral to mindfulness. Yeah. And I realized, um, you know, I w I've been in the restaurant industry in and out for, oh, 10 or 12 years now since college, because it's been a, a space that I could do other things and still have a very flexible schedule, take off when I needed and make very good money, especially in Dallas. And I realized I've been cleaning for years, making minimum wage. So why not take some of these understandings and actually do my own thing with it? Mm. And so I did some market research, got the idea from my mom, actually, who did a little bit of this uh, some years ago in San Antonio and decided that I think I can do this. Um, and I've wanted to be an entrepreneur for so long. And uh, I've had all these ideas and started all these things and it just didn't quite work out for you know, a variety of reasons. And then I realized, you know, if I'm going to make this happen, I've got to really commit to it. And so I did. And I just decided that from now on, my mantra would be, you know, expletive it, I'm going <laughs> to figure it out. <laughs> because oh, I, I have a tendency to, to paralyze myself in the strategy and making mm. sure everything is perfect and planning it before I even get started. And I thought, you know, um, I can breathe through this. I can move into a space, be uncomfortable and go. And so now uh, I have a company that specializes in construction and commercial cleaning. And so we go into the spaces right after construction is done and we clean sawdust and wipe windows and get the space ready for new tenants to move in, whether it's restaurants or offices or homes or anything in that regard. Amazing. What's the name of your company? It is called Clean Sweepers DFW. Okay. So everyone, yeah. go check that out right now. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> okay, so much goodness in this. I, I get it now. It makes so much sense. This mm. idea of cleaning as reverence and uh, monks cleaning in the temple and mm -hmm. seva service. You know, giving um, to giving back, basically keeping that space beautiful, and it is an act of reverence again meditation and this makes so much sense to me that it was a natural fit for you to think about that in terms of giving to people here but you, you're setting yourself apart because i mean I, i'm guessing that this is an assumption on my part but how many people that are doing 
this cleaning feel this way? I mean, this committed, I don't know. I mean, that would be, <laughs> sure. uh, I mean a, a question that we can't answer, but I think that you're bringing awareness to this act that you're doing. How How does it feel in the moment when you're a part of a cleanup crew? Do you feel the same way you did back when you were a meditation um, student and teacher and cleaning in, in those contexts? That's a very good question. Um, and I think the answer is often yes, sometimes no, mm-hmm. um, because the environments are different. Mm-hmm. And I would also say that I'm working to make that more of a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of depends. Sometimes it can be stressful. Last night, um, I was finishing a site until almost 2 a.m. Oh, my God. I was qu- I was qu- quite frustrated <laughs> a couple times last night because we were washing windows uh, right after it had rained all day um, at 2 a.m. So that was, you know, it's kind of fun. And, um, but, you know, I look back now and I laugh at my, my frumpiness. But to answer your question, um, what, what I've begun to experience is kind of relaxing into the work itself. And that's one of the reasons I like working with my hands. I like doing physical work and why I I can never just sit behind a computer because it's much easier for me to be in movement, to be mindful rather Mm. than to sit and be really in my head, you know, in this virtual world. Mm -hmm. So my meditations lately have been sweeping or mopping a broom and, uh, or excuse me, mopping a floor and watching a mop go back and forth and back and forth. And it's every bit of that, that stillness and that practice that I love so much. What I, uh, I miss sometimes and I'm slowly beginning to integrate is the uh, placing of what we used to call like a thought form into a space. And there's a couple people, a couple clients that we have that because I know them, I'm going to approach them about it. And what I mean by that is when we used to practice karma yoga, we would sit down and ground ourselves almost like with a small visualization or meditation exercise. Mm-hmm. And we would take uh, a couple, a couple ideas, be it something like prosperity or happiness or peace. And we would infuse ourselves with that. Take a moment and just imagine, okay, well, what is, what is peace? How does it feel? What does it look like? You know, make it sensory. Mm-hmm. And then that being this kind of background music as we went through the practice of actually cleaning. Oh, wow. Yes. And I mean, it's kind of hard to market that to a contractor who really, you know, most contractors that I've experienced there, that's not so much their shtick. Um, mm-hmm. They would rather get in there and bang some stuff out and, you know, get this done as quick as possible. And at the same time, I know that in my business, I play this unique buffer between the construction company and the the new tenants, whether they're store owners or uh, you know yoga teachers or project managers, you know whatever this mm-hmm. new space is going to be, mm-hmm. and I'm the only company that really does that. All the electricians, the the uh, carpenters, you know, nobody else really interacts with the new owners. Whereas mm-hmm. we kind of do both. And so what I'd like to be able to do is kind of create a space of ease, whether I tell people that, hi, I've infused your space with happiness. <laughs> you feel <laughs> yeah. it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's more about my knowing and taking the responsibility of, you know, I really am, my crews are, they're preparing a space for something new. 
Yes. So it's almost like preparing for a birth uh, of a new idea and then creating that space so that it's as much ease and ramping up as possible for those new people, even if they never know it, because that's not really what matters. You know, what matters is mm-hmm. the intentionality behind it and then creating that space for somebody else, which brings us back to, you know, mindfulness teaching. It's there's that similarity and that crossover. Oh my God. Yes. That is such a beautiful uh, elaboration of, of what you're doing. You're really this bridge between the old and the new, and you're stewarding in this, this, not only the reverence of the clean space, but the intentionality of what that's going to be for the next group of people. And like you said, whether it's a conscious thing they're, they'll feel it, you know, I, or at least I believe that, yeah, that absolutely. It, because your intentionality is there. And do, do you have a, a, a lot of people that work with you or a few people? How does, who, who do you have with you? So right now it's a smaller group of people. Um, mm-hmm. I have uh, two business partners and they primarily do the cleaning with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm the only one with a mindfulness background. Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, you know, family and friends of some of them that come and help us clean. And so I, at least not right now, um, it would be awesome in the future, but right now I don't have like an army of mindfulness trained cleaners that go in, <laughs> um, <laughs> which that, that, that would be awesome. Maybe I can get there one day. Um, I think but that for right now, that's amazing. not the case. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be pretty cool too. I mean, talk um, about a niche. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no kidding. And, you know, I, I have thought about um, actually Chelsea Charbonneau, who you and I yeah. both know. Um, yeah. She and I have been talking about that kind of possibility of, you know, being a regular cleaning. And there's a couple of the yoga studios that we're seeing if we can pick up the, uh, the maintenance cleaning, you know, the weekly, nightly cleaning. And mm-hmm. that is something that I can offer is, hey, you know, not only will we clean, but if there are some things that you want infused into the space on a daily or weekly basis, let me know. And if there are things that we can measure, let's measure and let's have some fun. Like if, if you want some more abundance and you want more prosperity in your space, let's have my crews come in, infuse your space with it while we clean once a week and see if in three months, your numbers have gone up. So that would be fascinating. That would be fascinating. I think it would be pretty cool. Yes. And then I would also be curious if the the owners of the actual place too would get involved in the intentionality piece and then, you know, Mm. measuring that as well versus the owners that are like, Hey, you go do your thing and then we'll see what happens. So get it in, get it out. Yeah. I'd be curious to see if, if there's a measurable difference, if people don't necessarily go into it themselves, but just on the completely unconscious level, it affects. And then what the difference is if someone just then buys in and in like the, the doubling, if you will, or like the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the more the merrier kind of thinking in, in that anyway, that is really interesting. But I think that you're doing something that is, it's an important job. It's, but you're, you're also, taking it into a deeper level, which I think is really cool. And I I think being mindful, the thing is mindfulness can happen in any area of life, any Mm. job, any occupation, any moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you're doing here is you're, you're 
you're seeing, okay, what, what can this thing that I'm doing, how can it be special? How can I give and receive on this, um, this more soul oriented level, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, to be honest and vulnerable, that's, it's challenging, uh, challenging sometimes to remember that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned last night um, or walking into spaces. I don't think there's a single time uh, that I've cleaned or a site that I've cleaned where I haven't walked in at one point and thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I know nothing. This is crazy. I can't do this. We're never going to get done. You know, like all of those things that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. move through my head that mm-hmm. I've noticed since I've started a business have kind of amplified. And so it's been interesting to, I mean, to quite literally in all ways breathe with that. Yes. And remember that at the end of the day, it's all going to be okay. I mean, it really is. It's just cleaning. It's just cleaning. I'd like what you're saying. And you, you mentioned it earlier about this kind of like F it, I'll figure it out mentality kind of thing. And when we get, um, you know, a, a challenge or feeling somehow of a separation between us and the thing that we're doing, which is everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are acting like they don't. That's, mm, I think this is exactly how we <laughs> get to learn. You know, we have yeah. to counter the challenges and then those moments can be fewer and far, you know, fewer in between that we're so separated out. But the acknowledgement that okay yeah i i'm feeling resistance to this i you know i'm either feeling afraid about something or i don't you know whatever the whole thing could be but the mm-hmm. acknowledgement of that is what brings us back in and then we get to grow from that place absolutely it makes me think i mean i remember the first time that i taught a mindfulness self awareness class and i if I'm not mistaken, I was 23. So I was, I mean, I I was pretty young. And when I, I looked at my class, I think there were, oh, eight or nine people in it. And uh, I was the youngest person in that room by half. Wow. I mean, at, at least. And I remember the very first thought as I, you know, sat there and looked at all these people was once again, who am I to do this? These people have so much more experience. They have so much more wisdom, so much more knowledge. I'm a 23-year-old punk (laughs) who thinks he's got some things figured out. Who the hell do I think I am to teach these people? And I mean, it took less than 30 minutes for me to realize that it's, it's less about my having all the answers and more about my ability to hold a space for all of us to come together to discover things together. Wow. And that all that people need sometimes is somebody to facilitate that. And if I can just hold my mind open and quiet for a little bit, then that's all that I and everybody else needs. And that Mm -hmm. was such a, oh, okay. And, you know, I I continued to experience that almost every class that I taught, um, you know, for years. And I still experience that now as a business owner of who do I think I am? I have no idea. These people are doing this way longer. They're way better. They're way more efficient. They're not losing money. They've got it figured out. But I, I don't always have to have to stay in that space of dwelling. You know, it's, it's just one more opportunity for me to say, well, 
you've been in much more challenging situations than worrying about whether this stall dust is going to come out of this tile. <laughs> you know, it's like there are some more significant things. Um, so as long as I continue to just ask questions, either of myself or other people, and more than anything, just not give up, just stick with it, mm-hmm. then everything is going to be okay. Yes, yeah, so good. I'm I'm really inspired by you. Do, do you feel like when you look back at your life and you see the the thread now of, of the cleaning and all of that, does it feel like, oh, I was just being led here the whole way? Or do you do you maybe see down the road that this business could spin off into something else? Or do you feel like, oh, this is my lane? Or do you know yet? Uh, yes, all of the above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that I mean, I've always been a neat person, um, even though my car has always been a mess, which is such an interesting thing. That's an you know, opportunity for improvement. Um, but what I does like, the car mean to you? I know, right? Um, but uh, in terms of my own space and my mental space, uh, I, I like things neat. And I was, you know, I've been a, a kind of self-study student of feng shui i mm-hmm. learned from some people and i love it and honestly feng shui for dummies is one of the best books i've ever read no kidding about, oh, I'm, yes, I'm gonna have to get amazing. that yeah one of my teachers uh years ago said i know this is gonna sound funny but if you want to explore this get feng shui for dummies because it's fantastic and it really is tell but me what's whole, so fantastic about it uh it's the book itself is a job of blending ancient teachings with modern language and modern application in a very clear, easy to understand way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the whole, the concept of feng shui, the words feng and shui mean wind and water. And so the idea is that chi or life force or energy or whatever you want to call that uh, moves through your space as effortlessly as wind and water move across the planet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not difficult. It's not challenging. There's just ease in space. Mm-hmm. And that's why clutter, you know, it tends to impede that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I've always, I, I love that. And I think that's why I like being in nature um, and being outside and being just kind of on my own because I get to just sink into that. And that helps me to kind of recharge because then going back into a space and looking around, it's like, wow, there's debris everywhere. Sometimes walking into uh, some of these spaces that we have to clean. We recently cleaned a almost 23,000 square foot ice cream factory wow. um, <laughs> of all places. And that was one of those where, you know, walking in the first time, it's like my eyes kind of bulge because there's so much stuff, but like everything else, you know, it's just like eating the elephant. You're just creating a little bit more space and a little mm. bit more space. And then before you know it, it's like, Oh, this feels, this feels good in here. And things are starting to move and just kind of relax. Wow. This, you've actually illuminated cleaning for me. I think. Oh, good. I've, oh, my God. And I like a neat space too. And for very similar reasons of my, I feel like my space is a reflection of me and how I'm feeling and mm. my thoughts and my mind. And, but I, I have to admit, I don't believe I've been well, I know I've not been as mindful or as conscious about this. So I'm actually really 
excited to, to kind of re go back into life after our conversation. And, you know, I got into the whole Marie Kondo thing, which I think a lot of people did. I was going to ask. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that spoke to me. So is the, your, the book you're referencing very similar to that concept? Uh, the Feng Shui for Dummies? Mm-hmm. Is that, yeah, it's very similar. Um, in fact, it's so funny because the same person that recommended one book recommended the other years later for me. How funny. Um, yeah. Uh, but I loved Marie Kondo too, and I haven't watched her show on Netflix. But what I took from it was that I should only surround myself with things that bring me joy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not doing that, why am I not doing that? And it's such an interesting thing to stop and ask, well, if this doesn't bring, my, bring me joy, why am I holding on to it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, 99 times out of 100, it's, it's, it's so easy after that to say, oh, well, then I don't need this anymore. And then it's like, woof, there's a little bit more space. And of course, we can immediately apply that to mental or emotional things that we carry around with us, mm-hmm. you know, but the physical practice is a good way to kind of prime that pump. Mm-hmm. So taking that idea, let me ask you, this will be our last big question before we dive into hummus. Oh, good. Okay. So if you had to give any advice or just your perspective to someone that may be listening that maybe does feel burnt out in their current job, life, what have you, and does feel like they want to do something different, um, what what would you say to somebody listening that fits that mold? Mm, I appreciate your asking. And it's interesting because just receiving that question, um, it makes me kind of emotional just mm. hearing it. Mm. Just because I think that the answer to this question, which I mean, I, I hope I can give at least a little part of it, I think is so important. And it's something that's very much missing and needed in our society right now. <clears throat> and I think what I would say is to examine the shoulds in mm-hmm. your life. Um, so all the things that you feel like you should think who you think you should be, what you think you should want, why you think you should want it, to examine who told you that you should, and then be willing to stop and take a deep breath and just kind of step back. And mm-hmm. whether that's turning off the TV at night for a couple nights uh, instead of going home and zoning out, or it's getting up and taking a walk outside for an hour, um, doing anything to kind of move yourself out of autopilot and stop and then be just to to trust that it's okay if you want something different mm-hmm. wherever you are, that it is okay. And that there's a reason that every time you fly, the first thing they tell you in a safety demonstration is to put the mask over yourself before you try to help other people. Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're a far less help to the kiddo sitting next to you if, you know, you're, you can't function. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're, you're a testament to that process because you ultimately listened to yourself when it just felt like it was building and building and building and you were on a path that it just, it it no longer did give you that joy in that specific way. And coming to that realization led you to rediscover the path that you are currently on and feel like the whole thing has come full circle 
around. So sometimes it's like trusting. And when we get into those spaces, like you mentioned before, where you go in and you're like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. I have no idea where to even begin with this. Or like, how am I going to do it? All of those voices. If, if we do keep pushing through, like you've been saying, like, don't give up. Mm-hmm. It does it does get to the next level. It's like the yes. state will come after every ebb, there's a flow. But when we're in the ebb, it can feel daunting and like there is no answer. And if we yes. get stuck there, then, you know, we're kind of screwed there for, and we, we can stay there for a long time sometimes, <laughs> but, but that kind yeah. of, okay, you know, it's safe to explore here is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. And at the same time, the trust thing is so big. And I'm glad that you say, uh, said it because trust and surrender in my mind are kind of uh, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And I once had somebody tell me that timing is none of my business. Timing Ooh. is the realm of, of God in the universe. Yeah. And that if I'm trying to figure out the timing of things, then it's kind of like saying, thanks universe in your infinitely long, infinitely large, infinitely expanding, expanded wisdom and perspective. You can just go ahead and take a break for a while because 34-year-old me has got it figured out way more than you do. So <laughs> just go ahead and get out of the way. And you know, that's, it's, it's kind of funny to say it that way, but I find myself doing that often. And so the trust and surrender uh, piece is, it helps me relax into the fact that even though I'm not teaching now, um, even if I've fallen out of a practice in sitting meditation, which has been much more inconsistent for me than it was two years ago. Um, And it may be another five years, it may be another 50 years, but at some point, my practice will change again. Mm -hmm. And it will come back to a place where I have the time and space and the need for a sitting meditation. And it will come back to a place where I'm ready to teach again. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not ready right now, it doesn't mean that I'm bad or wrong or mm-hmm. insufficient or anything in that regard. It just means that now is just not the time for it and that that's okay mm. because I am where I am. I love the message of acceptance, letting mm-hmm. this process unfold and checking in with yourself. That's how you know if it's the right thing. And it again, like you were saying before, if we take the shoulds away of, oh, I should be doing this because people know me as a meditation teacher. And if I'm not doing it, you know, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm guessing like I'm, I'm, I'm borrow I'm, I'm projecting. I'm like, that's, that's probably the message I would be telling myself. Um, but, but I think that the larger point is that all of those voices are just separating us from our our true center in that moment and we can always find it again if we're open to asking that question and i i love trust and surrender too because when we when we don't know it's okay not to know and we have to be okay with that and you're right it doesn't come on our time and another way of hearing that i've heard it said like this the how is not up to us like Ooh, how like it all comes too. yeah like how it all comes together um because we try to get real involved don't we as egos where we we, we, we get the time <laughs> thing the how the whole the whole sequence and it's like really 
Come on. <laughs> yeah. Or you could relax and let this thing that's way easier right behind you just go ahead and come in. Mm-hmm. I've been watching um, on Netflix. The uh, I just started this. It's a National Geographic series that Will Smith is the narrator on. Ooh. And it's all about the, the the cosmos, the earth, like... The first one was about breathing and it was just like, how is oxygen made? And and it goes into like the way the whole earth is, is one living thing. And it, it looks at the earth from the perspective of astronauts. So actual astronauts that have looked like had that, that real view down on earth and seeing this living, breathing thing and all of the forces that make it operate the way it is, it is fascinating is the thing that I'm binging right now, but it kind of speaks to the larger point that this thing is huge. We are such a small little speck in the whole creation of things. And to think that somehow we could separate out of it and have this like grand plan that, you know, would, would somehow override this whole thing called the universe or nature is kind of it just doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been super fun. Let's uh, let's conclude with some hummus, shall we? Absolutely. I like this little this little piece. I think yeah. this is fun. Yes. Well, why don't you introduce uh, to everyone what we're doing, what we're eating here? Oh, okay. So uh, I'm looking at a container of organic hope hummus. And I like the little catchphrase. It says, spread good things. <laughs> yes, it's very cute. Okay, so I always do the forewarning to people. If you don't like the sound of chewing, Brenton and I will be chewing uh, probably here in the next 10 seconds. I think. <laughs> Countdown. <laughs> yes, so I'm, I'm getting ready. I've I'm going to dive in then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. So here's your warning, people. Chewing. Mm, that's good Mm. that's really good I've never had it I've had this brand before but I've never done original now I know you had actually wanted us to do the Thai coconut curry is that right yeah so you've had this other one before I have Okay. I've had that one in the spicy avocado, but I've never had the original. But I got to say, I'm a fan of just classic original hummus, and, mm-hmm. and this is pretty delicious. I have to say, I agree with you. Let's try to understand what makes this really good. Because I happen to truly think it's better than a lot of regular mm. hummuses. So let's try yeah. to understand this. So I have a couple thoughts then. Okay. Um, First, with the the consistency of it, I like that it's not so dry, like Mm -hmm. a lot of store-bought hummus can be. Yes. That it's a little more liquidy, Mm -hmm. so it seems a little fresher. Yeah. And I like that there's just a little bit of spice to it, too. There is a little bit of spice, yeah. It's very mild, but it's nice. So comparing it to... I have had the avocado one. That that's actually really good. I think that's the only one I've had. And then comparing it to the Thai coconut, is it? Do you feel like the 
base, the same consistency and all of that kind of is the common thread. The others just kind of have a different flavor profile. Yes. And you know, it's funny, I was thinking about this because I knew we were going to be eating hummus. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, well, why did I want to do this Hope brand? And I was thinking about the texture that I like the texture a lot. And I'm a texture person. So super mushy things like bananas are typically not my jam. Okay. But I really enjoy this stuff. And I think it's because it, it feels and tastes so fresh. I agree. And when you look at it, it's not completely pureed. If you look at it, you sort of see the little pieces of the chickpeas, I think. You know, you mm. look, or at least in mine, right? It yeah, has. It, it's not like completely smooth. Sometimes with store-bought hummus, it's so pristine in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so smooth, if, if you will. But this kind of has a little bit of character to it because there's the little pieces that, that at least appear in mine that are of different sizes. I think it adds to that texture that you're talking about. Mm, yeah, I agree. It's I, yummy. I think I tend to like the rustic kind of homemade uh, type of food mm -hmm. rather than that pristine, let's make it exactly the same every time, um, yeah. you know, mass produced kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Now here's my question. I've only seen this at Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. So man, I wish that it would be somewhere else too. Yeah. I think every now and then you can find it at some, smaller kind of boutique -y, like little natural food stores. Mm -hmm. um, the only other place I've ever seen it was a little place called Green Grocer on Greenville. Oh, yes. And I okay. mean, I don't know if they're still even there. I mean, this was like 10 years ago, um, maybe not that long, maybe five or six years ago. But that was where I had it the first time and I loved it. Um, but other than that, I have not found it outside of Whole Foods. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it makes the, uh, the trip to Whole Foods um, special. <laughs> it's Heck like, yeah. I get like two things there, you know, but mm -hmm. then ultimately I'm always like, oh, but look at this. I think I'll get this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what happens over there. But, um, well, this has been... Awesome, Brenton. Thank you so much for taking time today out of, I mean, seriously, I know you, you were up till two on your job and you're about to head out and do another cleanup job. So the fact that you made time today, I really, truly appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom, your journey. And I think it is extremely relatable and a lot of people will find value in your story. So thank you. Thank you again. Oh, I am so grateful for this. I mean, it, I can't tell you how much um, or how timely it was and how needed it was. Because I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm cleaning late and cleaning all day, it means that business is moving and I'm abundant and I am grateful for that. Aww. But this is this has helped to kind of center me in my heart um, in between some frustrating jobs. So this is this has been wonderful. I'm, I'm very grateful for it. Mm. Well, thank you so much. Well, I hope that we can connect again at some point, especially um, if you're going to be involved with 
certain studios cleaning them maybe maybe you and i will cross paths again <laughs> very soon oh yeah <laughs> well the universe has a tendency to do that so i'm i look forward to how that'll unfold me too well thank you again brenton and bye for now absolutely have a good one Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Your Mindful Hour. Let me know what you thought and please subscribe to the podcast. Join me again in a couple weeks for a new guest and another perspective on the mindfulness experience. Till then, love yourself and love others. Mm-hmm.